Hello, Grease the Wheels Nation. This is Eric, the producer, talking with you here before the show just for a minute. Now, given the unique format that our show is recorded and produced, we have not been able to address some of the more pressing issues in the automotive community regarding the COVID-19 or coronavirus pandemic situation. Now, we are currently working in association with other automotive media outlets to create more relevant and helpful content as we get more information, and that will be coming out very soon. However, in the meantime, I have a message from Uncle Jimmy to all of you. Cars are going to keep breaking, and we're going to keep fixing them. How and where and with what tools might change, but we fix cars. That's what we do. The first rule of having a car is that they break, and the second rule of having a car is that there's nothing at all that you can do about rule number one. Unless coronavirus can suspend the laws of entropies, we are still in business. Now, anyone from the lot kid to the detail guys to you, the mechanics, that has to deal with the interior of a car should take precautionary measures. Stuff like gloves, Lysol wipes, and hand sanitizer. Whatever you have to do to minimize your exposure is a good thing, so keep doing it. Cars are pretty much a four-wheel Petri dish, so the fact that we all haven't been exposed to something way worse, like bubonic plague, is a minor miracle, in fact. So let us know what we can do to help you. If you guys need more content, we can make that happen. If we should stitch two shows together and make every show kind of a longer format show, we can do that without too much trouble. We could release a different episode on a different day. We could do more long format episodes and roundtable discussions. Whatever you guys need, let us know. We want to keep you guys doing what you do best because right now there's a lot of people depending on all of us, all of the automotive technicians of the world. And if you know, wherever you're at is all shut down. Let us know, send pictures of, you know, just what you guys are doing to ride out, uh, the quarantine. I know some of you guys up in Canada have it pretty bad. I know some of you guys in Australia and, uh, Germany also have it pretty bad. So, you know, this is a global community. This is the global grease the wheels community. We, we have to take care of all of you. So if you're bored stiff, let us know. Uh, we'll start releasing more shows. Thank you very much and enjoy the show. All right, boys and girls, welcome to Grease the Wheels, your weekly technician podcast. It's live, coming to you from the Rock and Roll Garage. Your Uncle Jimmy sitting behind the microphone, trying not to wiggle too much because it makes noise and the producer hates it. But here I am, and I've got subjects for you that may or may not help you with what you got going on in your life today, tomorrow, yesterday, or even a week from now. Now, I got a whole bunch of subjects that I wrote down here that I want to talk to you about, and uh, I'm, I'm, rip, I'm looking at them right now, and I'm picking a subject, and I'm going to go with it. I want to talk to you about the MPI, the multi-point inspection. Now, I know a lot of you out there have these uh, electronic RO systems and uh, service uh, software systems that allegedly help you do your job better. And, uh, well, in some cases they don't, uh, in some cases they are simple and they work fine and, and everybody gets used to them. And then some schlick talking, uh, software salesman from some company somewhere in the world comes along and talks your boss into buying something that sucks. And basically a system sucks because you don't know it. And, uh, I can tell you this having, uh, been in the business long enough, I can remember very plainly, uh, back in the day, 
ROs used to be written on a computer, but then printed out. And then from there, everything was manual. You had to punch in and out on little tickets with little stickers on them. And you had to post them on the back of the RO and you had to write a job story in your own handwriting. I, uh, many, many, I went through a great many pens in those, in those days, in that era. Uh, I used to write really long job stories just because uh, when you write a, a job story, uh, a warranty clerk, in the case of a warranty anyway, a warranty clerk has to go through and figure out what you did and then pay you for everything you did. So you want to write down everything you did. It's the same thing now, only back in the day you had to write it by hand. And so I used to get fucking carpal tunnel writing some of the job stories back in those days. One of the other things that uh, has occurred along with the updating of software systems and, and uh, computer systems that you use to keep track of your ROs and your time and, uh, and uh, maybe make parts requests and perhaps even send messages back and forth to uh, service advisors and or the parts department and maybe even your service manager. The uh, advent of the multi-point inspection was one of the things that was added to this software. And I got to be honest with you, I am 1000% on the fence about these things. I believe, uh, and, and you know, you don't have to share my opinion. I, I can deal with the fact that nobody thinks like me. I pray nobody thinks like me. Like I said, I'm on the fence about the, the multi-point inspection for several reasons. And I wanted to dive into why I'm on the fence about them why I don't believe that they're any good, why I believe they could be good, why I believe it's important. And uh, I'll give you the rundown. Number one, is the multi-point inspection important? And the answer is yes and no. Okay, that doesn't really help me, Uncle Jimmy. I get it. It doesn't help me when the answer is yes and no. Should the multi-point inspection be important? Yes, it should be important. I think if you work on a car, and really literally any car, maybe trucks and even heavy duty stuff and diesels and, and, and airplanes. I would think that a multi-point inspection on an airplane would be very uh, appropriate and important. But on a car that's a little more uh, inert and has a lot less kinetic energy in it than an airplane, uh, it's still important. And why is it important, you say? Why is it important that I go through every car and I look at everything and make sure that it's okay? Well, exa that's exactly why. You want to make sure everything's okay. You want to make sure that the automobile that you're working on, regardless of who owns it and who drives it, is safe. Safe to operate. Are the tires shit? Are they good? Are they going to need to be replaced soon? Or are they brand new right now? Same with the brakes. Do the brakes look good? Are the rotors good? Are the pads good? Shocks? All that other shit. You want to look at all that stuff. Why? Because two reasons. One is altruistic and the other one is not. <laughs> the altruistic reason is that you want your customers to be safe. You don't want them to die in a horrible car accident because a tire blew out or because the brakes failed or because the shocks are shit. Okay. Uh, and, and other parts of the system, you don't want them to fail. You don't want them to get into an accident because maybe the engine shut off or a drive shaft fell out and the car stopped moving. You just don't want that to happen because you're a good person. Okay. The, <laughs> the other side of that coin is you need money. We all need money. And if people have things wrong with their car, they should part with their money, give it to me, and I'll make their car safe again. And, I mean, that's obviously broken down into its smallest component. But, hey, I'm a mechanic. I fix things. Your car's fucked up. Give me money, and I'll fix them. That's as simple as it gets. And the multi-point inspection should be a tool that gets used to get money out of the wallets and purses of the fucking people who own the cars that you're looking at. 
But there's another problem in there, okay? It's like a pair of pliers with the pin missing out of the middle. A pair of pliers with the pin missing out of the middle is just a broken fucking pair of pliers. And the broken pin in a pair of pliers, in our case, is a service advisor, okay? Now, you can go through and you can make a multi-point inspection and you can put literally everything on that fucking list, okay? Now, on my particular situation, it just comes up. It's got a bunch of green, yellow, and red boxes, okay? Obviously, green is good. Yellow is eh, not so good. And then red is bad, definitely bad. And they want you to look at everything on the fucking car, okay? Now, do you have to look at everything on the car? Well, I would say yes, you do have to look at everything on the car. What the fuck? You're paid to do that, right? Yes, you are paid to do that. Except in my particular case, and maybe in a lot of your cases too, uh, the inspection that we perform on a car when we're servicing it is called a complimentary inspection, which means it's fucking free. But you know who it's free from and to? It's not free from the dealer or the shop. No. Free from them would mean that they're buying it and giving it away for nothing. No, they're not buying it. They don't pay us. At least in my particular case, I am not paid to do the multi-point inspection, which I believe is 1,000% fucking wrong. They should pay me for that, especially if they want it done properly, okay? Because if they're not going to pay me, then I'm just going to fucking do it any old way I want. And when they say, hey, how come you didn't do this the way we want you to? Because you're getting what you pay for, which is nothing, okay? Don't give away something that you're not paying for and make it sound like you're giving somebody something that's worth something when you didn't fucking pay for it, okay? That's bad. That's not good, okay? Now, if I made two-tenths even, just two-tenths for looking the car over, I'd probably be more likely to do it better. But as it is now, a lot of times I hit the box at the bottom that says, check all green. Am I going to look the car over? Yeah, actually, I do look the car over, okay? But I know a lot of my fellow technicians just fucking hit check all green, call it done, don't even look at the fucking thing, don't even set the tire pressures, and because we're all flat rate, you know what they say when you say something to them about it? I don't get paid for that. And it's true, they don't. And if they don't get paid for it, should they do it? Fuck no. Fuck no. That's my fucking mantra. You're not paying me for something, guess what you're going to get? Nothing. You're going to get exactly what you pay for, jackass. Okay. Now, when it comes to the multi-point, it is still a tool and it can still be effective. But there's a missing link in there and it's the service advisor. It's the service advisor. Okay. Now, uh, I've talked about service advisors till I'm blue in the fucking face. Literally, I was a fucking smurf talking about service advisors. And if there's one thing that, that disappoints me about all of them is that they don't seem to be able to see the value of what I do and what my fellow technicians do, they don't see the value in it. Why would you have your car repaired at this particular shop? Because these motherfuckers know what they're doing. That should be it right there. These motherfuckers know what they're doing. When you pay us to get your car fixed, these motherfuckers know what they're doing. And they do it right, and they do it well, and they make sure that your shit works. They make sure that whatever it was that was fucked up is no longer fucked up and it's going to start working correctly, okay? That's as blunt as I can be. And when a service advisor says, um, well, they, they think that this is what's wrong and, and this is what it's going to cost, you know? It's like, no, that doesn't instill confidence. Not at all. So that's the missing pin in the pair of pliers that is the MPI and the, and the mechanic, okay? You got 
you got an opportunity to make money, you got a guy who wants the opportunity to make money, and then you got a guy who's, eh, I'm not sure. And that's the missing link. That's the pin that's missing out of that tool, okay? So you can have an MPI all day long. You can have an MPI all day long, but if you don't have the proper people in the proper position to utilize this tool to pry open the wallets and the purses of the people that are bringing cars to you, then you've got a fucking problem. And my problem with that problem is that nobody's addressing that fucking problem. Uh, in, in my particular case, at the dealership that I'm at, we have turned over the service advisor staff once completely already and we're probably going to turn it over again here pretty soon okay we have some excellent advisors and we have some that are eh, they're getting there and nobody seems to be helping them nobody who knows how to do this job correctly and knows what to do and has shown or at least says they can do it or shown that they can do it is really helping the other yes they're helping each other they're helping each other a lot and we help them as much as we can but they're not getting help from the proper people that they should be getting help from in other words they're learning all the wrong things from all the they're learning all the wrong things from all the wrong people and one of the first things that they learn and i'm, I'm telling you this is god's honest truth one of the first things they learn is when they get one of these mpi reports in there and it says that the customer that they're dealing with needs tires and brakes and alignment and and who even fucking knows what else you know all these uh services you know the brake fluid flush and a micro filter and an air filter and wiper blades and and maybe even fucking uh you know, timing belts or, or an engine drive belt or, or, you know, whatever. Maybe they have leaking oil pan gaskets or leaking valve cover gaskets. The first thing that they teach these fucking people when they show up to be a service advisor is how to decline these services, how to decline them, okay? And what they'll do, because honestly, boys and girls, that is the absolute path of least resistance. And like electricity, they're going to fucking take it and they're going to decline it. And then when the customer comes in to get their car, they're just going to say, here's your keys. Here's your keys. You're all set. This way they don't have to go, well, we found a whole bunch of shit wrong with your car and we'd like for you to fix it. Is that easy? No, that's not easy. It's not easy talking to a customer and telling them what's wrong with their car. I get that part. I get that part. I've often said that being a service advisor is a very terrible job. It's, it's hard to do. Uh, people instantly hate you. They don't want to hear anything you say. I get it. But the good ones know that you have to put yourself out there. And if they say no after you put yourself out there, well, then at least you tried. Okay? But some of these service advisors, they don't even fucking try. And that's where I have an enormous problem. If you don't see the value and you don't try, you're fucking completely fucking worthless to me. Seriously. You might as well go to Walmart and greet people coming in the fucking door. You know? I'm, I'm not kidding you. That's how I feel about it. Okay? Now, would I make a good service advisor? Hell no. I would not. Because I would be brutal on these people. People would come in and get their car and they'd be like, so, you know, uh, you, oh, you're here to pick up your car. Listen, I want to tell you right now, it's not really safe to drive. Your tires are bald. And I tried to call you to get you to, you know, authorize me to change them and, uh, you know, get an alignment done. But you didn't answer the call and you're here to pick it up. You can certainly take it if you want. You can also take it out in the road and crash into a fucking tree or a wall because your tires are bald and it's raining now. And the roads are slicker than dog snot. And it's going to be, it's got to be hard to drive. I mean, was it hard to drive it here in the rain? For Christ's sakes, it's probably going to be even harder now that we set the tire pressures to where they're supposed to be. But no, they don't do that do they? And so if you want, if you have an MPI, you have a multi-port inspection, here's what happens as a technician. Okay. Now what we had a, a little while ago, and this is to illustrate this particular problem. Uh, we had 
uh, Takata airbag recall. And I know a lot of you are dealing with this as well. If you're at a new car dealer, if you're in a, uh, uh, if you're in an independent shop or if you're in your own shop, you probably aren't installing airbags like crazy, trying to get these basically Claymore mines out of the steering wheels of cars and replacing them with something that's going to blow up with a little less force and still save somebody's life. Uh, one of the things that was happening is we were replacing these airbags in cars that were, you know, 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. So we would get these cars in and we would look them over. And we would, I mean, and some of these cars were in a horrendous condition. I mean, just absolutely terrible. I mean, oil pans leaking, valve, I mean, everything I listed before, everything. Tires, brakes, uh, shocks were shot, springs were broken, uh, you know, tire ends were loose, ball joints were loose, uh, thrust arm bushings were loose, uh, lug nuts were fucking loose, pads were metal to metal with the rotor, you know, the oil pan and the valve cover gaskets leaking, the engine the engine drive belt is a, a basically a rubber band that's about ready to let go, the coolant looks like uh, old Mountain Dew and smells the same, and, and uh, the engine oil hasn't been changed since the Obama administration. I mean, seriously, there's a, there was a ton of shit wrong with all these cars, broken windshields, you name it. They were in fucking horrible condition. And those people showed up just for the free stuff. That's all they wanted was just the free stuff. And I get that. That's, you know, I mean, literally, that's all I ever do. I mean, if I'm not working on a car that's under warranty, I'm not sure what I'm doing at all. I mean, do I work on a lot of customer pay stuff? No, I really don't. Not at a new car dealer. It doesn't happen very much because there's a, a, a thing going on with that, with the car dealer, with a new car dealer that they're very expensive. And you know what? They're right. You know, maybe they're cheap, maybe they're petty, but they're also right. It is. It's expensive to get your car fixed at a car dealer. Are you likely to get something? Are you likely to get service a value for that money? Well, actually, I would say you would. At least at my dealer, we have technicians that have an extraordinary amount of training and experience and knowledge and tools and technical skills. And so if you, I think, honestly, if you brought your car to our dealership, instead of taking it to one of these goofy aftermarket places that say they're better than us that's bullshit you are going to get the absolute premium service at a car dealer so if you bring in an old fucking car with a Takata airbag in it and we throw it up on a lift and we look underneath it which is not something that we even do anymore okay because we have enjoyed no success with this but let's say you did do this let's say as a technician you did this you're changing the airbag in the car and you decide to look it over and you go holy shit the tires are bad the brakes are bad the shocks are blown out the the fucking thing's leaking oil like the exxon valdez uh it's got broken windshield all the suspension components are sloppy loose you need an alignment all that i would think personally but this is just me because uh, i you know customers don't think like me thank god i would think that this would be the best case scenario because you have a guy who's, you know, I mean, some of the cars that I change airbags on, I have actually worked on anywhere between three and 5,000 different versions of that car. I know that car like the back of my hand. When I got to take something off of that car, I don't have to guess what size wrench I need. I know. If I'm doing an alignment, I know I need a 21 and an 18, and then up front I need a 16 and a 13. Boom. I don't got to walk back to my toolbox. I know what I need. I know what I need. It's, this is how well I know those cars. So if I say to you, you need all this stuff, I'm probably not full of shit. Now, if you were to get your car repaired by us, let's say you had all these problems and this car was a keeper for you. Maybe you got it for free. Maybe you got it for cheap. And we are suggesting that you spend two, three, four thousand dollars $4,000 on it and you happen to have the money, okay, which could happen, and you like the car, 
we can make it go. We can make it good for you for that because we are the experts. You are going to get premium service from us, okay? So should you ignore the MPI as a technician? You should not, okay? But I also understand your frustration because I, I have actually had people tell me that it annoys my, and this is the God's honest truth, I've had people tell me that my uh, the service advisors and even my service manager get annoyed with me when I fill out the MPI. They get annoyed with me. They're, they're irritated by the fact that I did my fucking job exactly the way I'm supposed to. They get irritated. And do you know why? This is the best part, okay? Because when you have software such as we have, then the reason that I don't like our software and the reason that it's horrible and the reason that it uh, uh, works horribly for us anyway as technicians is because the fucking thing gathers data. That's what its main objective is. It isn't there to help us. It isn't there to be simple. It isn't there to be uh, easy for us to use. It's there to collect data. No matter what we do, there's some jackass somewhere looking at all of the data, not just for the car that we worked on, but for all the cars that all of the technicians and all of the dealerships that they own worked on. And they can calculate these little these little bits of data and analyze them and come up with all kinds of, of, of stupid fucking conclusions that really don't matter at all. But one of the little tidbits of data, one of the little analytics things that comes up is when you fill out an MPI and you hit them hard and you try to get them to buy everything from tires to a microfilter to wiper blades to brakes and they don't sell it, it shows up as declines. Items that were declined. And what that says is if you've got one service advisor who has a mountain of declines, it means that guy's not trying. That's what it says to upper management. That's what it says to the people who collect these fucking stats and figures and data and then come up with conclusions from them. It says this guy here has almost 95% declines. He rarely ever sells anything. And he never even tries to sell anything. And he's got all of his declines add up to about 95% for him. And 95% of what? I don't know. 95% declines uh, in comparison to approvals, which means that if you send him 100 items, he's going to okay five of them. He's going to sell five of them. And 95 of them, he's going to say, fuck it. I'm not even telling the customer. That's the, about the only good thing about that software for MPI. You go through and you hit them hard. You try to sell them everything. If they've got over 50,000 miles, fuck them. They need all these maintenance items, you know, plugs and filters and, and wipers and all that shit. You put all that shit on there. Put it all on there. Yeah, it takes a little bit of time. But if they don't fucking sell it, it makes them look bad. And it should make them look bad. Because if I've got to take the time to try to get you to sell it and you don't want to sell it and all you do is you hit a button and decline everything, then that's not fair to me, and it's certainly not fair to the customer. What the fuck? I mean, let's suppose, let's suppose for some reason or another, I go through and say every car that's got over fifty thousand miles should have a new set of wiper blades on it, and you decide that you're never going to sell a set of wiper blades because you don't like me or because you're just too fucking lazy to even say anything to the customer. Okay, so suppose it, it 
it rains that day or maybe a day later or maybe two days later. And this customer sees because they get a printout. Oh, my God, did you know that? They can get a printout of what we found when we looked at their car. And suppose they look at it and say, oh, geez, you know that technician at that shop back there recommended I get wipers. And the, the fucking service advisor, he didn't even bother to try to tell me that I thought that he thought I should have wiper blades. And now I'm trying to wipe my window with basically a turd on the end of a stick. And all it's doing is smearing shit all over the place. And, man, I wish I could see where I'm going because I'm about to fucking drive into the back of a school bus. You understand what I'm trying to get at here? See, if you have people who don't want to do a job and you try to force them to do their job, they're just going to try harder not to do it. Now, obviously, uh, you know, even if you try to sell stuff to some people, they're going to, they're going to decline. But if you don't make any effort, you're going to look at, you're going to be looking at like 90 to 95% declines. Is that good? No, that's not fucking good. You're not even trying. Some of these people you just, I've had, I'm not even making this part up. I have had uh, multi-point inspections and the, instant the instant that i hit okay before i even send them to the parts department for estimates they're declined they're automatically declined and i don't even you know i don't to me personally i don't care i mean i'm not going to get paid that much to put wiper blades on a car it doesn't doesn't make me any money to put an air filter in a car it doesn't make me any money to do some of this shit i'm gonna get paid one tenth or two tenths maybe at most, you know? But if I, if I suggest it and you decide you don't want to do it just generally ever and it annoys you, I'm going to keep it up because I think it's annoying that you don't try. And who's going to win in the long run? Nobody. The customer loses, I lose, you lose, and you think you're a winner, but you're not. You're a fucking loser. Okay. And you know what, you know, you know what the best part is, is that it irritates my service manager. It irritates my service manager. And I can't tell you how much I enjoy that. Okay. Because here's a guy who should be saying to these people, oh, you guys need to try to sell more stuff. You know, he's constantly going, oh, we didn't make enough hours last month. And I said, well, you know what, if instead of declining all the shit I fucking recommended, they went and sold maybe even like a third of it, you'd be over the hours that you're supposed to get to meet your goal. But since you're a jackass and you hate it and it irritates you and it pisses you off and bothers you and you don't try to get these guys to sell that stuff, you're never going to make the goal. And consequently, you'll probably end up being fired or at least demoted, which you probably should be. Okay, if you can't see the forest for the trees, if you can't see that people need service when we recommend it and just assume that we're trying to pad our wallet, which is definitely not fucking happening, then fuck you. You need to go back to being something else, maybe a carporter, a lot guy, or maybe you just need to go get a job as a window washer or work at Walmart greeting people or something. Okay, you stupid fuck. That's how I feel about it. Look, uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to start out with an angry rant, but you know what? I've got to do these multi-port inspections. And I do them in good faith. I personally do them in good faith. I don't think anybody else in my shop does them in good faith anymore because they've been declined so much. They just pull the car in. You know, like if we have an old car with a Takata airbag, they pull the car in, bang the Takata airbag in it, call it done. Booyah. That's it. It's over. Do they fill out the MPI? No. Are, are there thousands of dollars in service that could be performed on that car to make it work better, to make it run right, to make it stop leaking oil, to make it safe? Fuck yeah, there is. Every single one of them. Are they going to try to sell them, any of them? Nah, it's a waste of time. Oh, okay, great. Thanks, thanks. You know, and even if just one or two of them said, you know, I would like to get some tires, there you go. But no, they're not even trying. All right, look, uh, don't shortchange the MPI. Uh, 
and I mean, this is just something sincere from your Uncle Jimmy. The people that come to you that bring you their car are, are really trusting you to look after it for them. And even if they don't have the money, or even if they just don't want to do it, never mind the money, or if they would like to have somebody else do it, I feel like you and me personally have an obligation to let them know what's wrong with the car, even if we don't get to work. Let them know. Because something could happen down the road, okay? And they could get into a situation where they might hurt themselves, wreck the car, hurt somebody else, all because they didn't take care of something they should have taken care of. And they can go, wow, you know, that technician at the shop told me I had bald tires and here I am sliding through an intersection and wiping out a whole troop of Girl Scouts out selling cookies, okay? So that's on you. If you want to, if you want to wipe out Girl Scouts, go ahead and decline the tires, <laughs> all right? Anyway, uh, that's enough of me. Listen, uh, don't seriously, don't, sh don't shortchange the MPI. It's important. Uh, and, and I know it's, it, it, it requires effort on your part. I, I get it. You don't get paid for it. The, the shop or the dealership gives that shit away. Should they pay for it? I believe they should pay for it. I think in the future, they're going to have to pay for it. Uh, because as you know, we have an enormous shortage of technicians and uh, pretty soon we're going to be able to start calling the shots. It's going to be that bad. Pretty soon we'll be able to roll into a place and, and uh, uh, you know, like the next, like say I was to leave my dealer now and roll into another dealer and say, listen, uh, before I take the job here, I want to know, do you offer a complimentary inspection to the customers? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, we do that. And who does those complimentary inspections? Well, you as a technician does do it. Okay, and am I paid for it? No. Then it's not complimentary from you. It's complimentary from me. So you're going to have to start forking over two tenths to me every time I do one of these MPIs. And they'll be forced to say yes. Or otherwise, I will leave. I will fucking vacate the premises and go work somewhere else. Well, they will agree to pay me for the work I do. Okay, so look forward, to, look forward to that because as technicians, we hold all the cards. We hold all the cards. There's nobody out there getting into the business. Oh, sure, there are some people, but not enough, not enough to fill the vacancies, not enough. And so if we have any kind of skills at all, we have suddenly become more and more valuable. All right, so be valuable, do your MPIs, be good at what you do and do a good job. I know you already are. Keep it up, maybe get a little better and uh, hold your managers and your shop owners and your general managers feet to the fire and say, listen, you got to start paying me for this complimentary inspection. Okay, dick. All right, that's enough of me. I'm your Uncle Jimmy. I'm going to sign out. And as your Uncle Jimmy, I always sign out the same way just so you get used to it. And that goes like this. See ya.